Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. Ahead of the Galway Film Flow, we are chatting with director Grace Diaz, writer Shannon Welby and writer and co-director Ashley Byrne about their wonderful short films. So first up, thank you guys so much for coming and chatting with us. It's a very exciting time. Your films are about to screen at the Galway Film Fla. First up, I'm going to go through you and call um, call on you one by one um, and just say, are you okay to tell me a little bit about yourself and your film, if that's all right. So I'm going to just do it in order. Um, Ashling, if you can go first. Uh, thanks, Gemma. Delighted to be um, here. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a theatre maker and a filmmaker um, based in Kildare. Um, I am also the founder and the artistic director of an arts organisation called Run of the Mill. And um, we do a lot of work kind of platforming learning disabled talent and um, performers and artists with intellectual disabilities. Um, my film in Galway is called Miss Red and it's co-directed uh, with the wonderful Sinead O'Loughlin. And um, it was a film I wrote for the Ardon RTE Short Film Commission. Um, and it is, it tells the story of two brothers um, who think they have very little in common um, but get to know each other a little better on a kind of a daily commute uh, to college. Um, it's going to be screening in Irish Shorts 4 as part of the FLA in, I think, the Town Hall Theatre at 10 a.m. on Friday. Oh, and it's so gorgeous. Um, it, It's just a really beautiful, lovely story. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that scheme, actually. We're going to come to funding after this. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that scheme in a while. So keep that in your head. Um, And Grace? Um, so my name is Grace Dias. Um, I'm an artist and an activist, and I'm making work predominantly in film at the moment, but I made a lot of work in theatre in the past. Um, And yeah, my film is called Waiting Day. It was written by Lynn Rowan and produced by Alfonso Films. Claire Byrne produced it for Alfonso Films. And it's the story of a woman called Rachel and her two kids. And just kind of follows them for a day while they wait for their um, social welfare payment to come through. So it kind of captures poverty um, in working class communities and that kind of thing. I've always been made to wait for everything um, and how people pass the time, I guess. So... They have, um, you know, they they struggle to kind of make ends meet on that final day every week. So the kids kind of call it the the only day that feels like it has more than twenty four hours in it. It's it's really beautiful, and I think you capture the humanity in every character. There's even their father. I think that 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 relationship there, that that kind of very fractured but very loving relationship, is really beautifully. Um, done as well and um, when is when is the the film screen the 15th um at 12 p.m in the town hall and shannon onto a lovely light-hearted comedy hi uh, um i'm shannon uh, i'm a screenwriter from the northwest of ireland donegal i'm sure he's all know it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> great part of the country a uh, big big uh, supporter of it um, yeah, I came to screenwriting in a roundabout way. I um, I don't didn't like have a kind of upbringing surrounded by anything except near cinemas and film for late at night watching films. <laughs> um, but then went down and studied in Dublin. Um, I was hoping to study film, but I was given a strict, uh, no, you better do something sensible. <laughs> <laughs> I went, it never um, works. Yeah. It never works. <laughs> 
exactly. Reverse psychology. Um, and then I went and studied business and ended up working in film distribution. So kind of roundabout came into the film industry that way. Um, and then about four or five years ago, I was watching an amazing film and I reached out to the screenwriter and I just said, look, like, because I saw some of the work they'd done and I said, look, how do you, how do you do this? How do I learn it? Um, like I'd always written short stories and prose and all that. But I was like, how does one work, write for film and TV? How does that work? And they sent me the McKees and they they gave me mentorship. Like, And um, then I went on to study the master's um, in screenwriting for film and television at IADT then. So uh, after that then as well, I moved to Tory Island, which brings me on to uh, my short film, which is Screening at the Pla, which is uh, licensed for nil. So it's set uh, on Tory Island, which for those who don't know it, it's the most remote inhabited island of Ireland. It's off Donegal. I'd gone out there to focus on my screenwriting. Um, and when I was there, I just got really, really inspired by the like the character of the place, the people, the landscape. Like it's really just not like any other world. Um so yeah, I mean, we're gonna talk chat more about it, but the the comedy license for nil is gonna be screening um at the town hall in Galway on Thursday, the 13th of July at 12 noon. I mean, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dig in a little bit because it's such a good comedy you really capture like the lawlessness and the the character of of the locals like that anti-authority any 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 you don't tell us what to do attitude is 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 there and and in spades and then you've your fish out of water character in, in tiny james <laughs> delivering like the the kind of straight man for once like that that kind of against against this kind of wacky sidekick so it's just uh it's like a fun frolic and and it's so zany and and good crack so tell me a little bit about developing it and then how um funding came aboard yeah, 100%. And I should have started out by giving the kind of uh, one-liner on it as well for anybody listening. But it's it's basically about um, Curtis, who's this um, new license, TV license inspector. And he is so delighted to be in this job, to be finally in something authoritative that he'll get respect in. Um, and it all goes downhill when he's matched with this um, wayward license, expe- license inspector <laughs> and sent off to this wayward island. Um, but yeah, in terms of developing and how it came about, so um, I'd moved out to Tory, so I left my um, my job in Dublin because, to be honest, I just kind of came to the realization that I needed to just try and give more time and make it work with the, the writing. And I was like, right, well, <laughs> well, actually, I was on a holiday out in Tory Island for a couple of days, truth be told, and uh, they were like, oh, jeez, you're like, you're lovely. Would you not stay? Like, would you not? <laughs> <laughs> on the island like and marry marry my brother and do this <laughs> I didn't marry anybody but I did stay um and I stayed for a year um and basically like I was I'm writing I'm developing a tv series set in Tory Island as well which is like my my baby and um but while I was there I really wanted to do something on the island because I, I was chatting to a good few of the locals who um mentioned that they had, there's a lot of kind of characters who really come across as really vibrant in person as well um and they had mentioned that like theater was a big thing on the island say a decade before that and there was somebody on the island who would you know do the plays with them and um like direct and all that that had kind of gone downhill since the director had left and um, I was just like, kind of had the idea in my head that I'd love to do a short film. Um, I didn't have any funding except for, I had like a 1,200 euro grant from Donegal County Council. Wow. Which, 
Yeah, which was um like an artist grant. So it was like you're like you're you know survived for the year. <laughs> so yeah, I took that money away and I started off with that and I just put it out there and I said like look I have this script which I wrote while I was on living on the island comedy and I put a GoFundMe and I said look um I'm just looking to do this film like there's a wealth of actors and talent and beautiful landscapes and crack here. Um, and I want to, I just want to make this film. And um, then at that stage, maybe it raised to the GoFundMe about another three grand, which was really amazing. Like I, the support uh, was insane. Um, and at that point then I reached out to um, Shane Robinson, our director, who uh, was a DOP slash cinematographer on my first short. And he's, he's a workhorse and he also teaches acting. So for somebody to come in and to work with non-actors as well it was um it was invaluable having Shane and he wrote like he is an absolute workhorse he's so talented um but he yeah I'm just so grateful to him that he was like yeah I'll I'll come to this island I've never been to and do a recce and, and jump on board this script and work with um this this full cast of islanders bar one bar one uh, trained actor um Tiny James as you mentioned yeah. but yeah so that's it's what great. I was funded more from there yeah because he's so funny normally and he's always like that kind of real dry humor and then to see him like just just be so earnest it's very sweet it's a beautifully written character um so that's very interesting and then Grace yours was a focus short wasn't it so you what how did you and Lynn end up paired together how did you guys kind of cross paths and it's great to see Alfonso like every everything gorgeous that I see they they have their name attached to it I know Lynn gone way back years and years and years. We're good friends. Um, and then I suppose Alfonso reached out to her about her book, I think. And then Claire is directing Lynn's feature at the moment. So there's a kind of creative relationship there. And I suppose they just were chatting about who to direct it. And um, my name kind of came up and then they just got onto me and we did it. We put the application in. Just lovely experience kind of working with them. The three of them are amazing in Alfonso. So it was great then to actually get the money in the end, the end of the process, and then to be able to make the piece. And obviously the funding from Screen Ireland just makes such a big difference, like in terms of being able to kind of fill all the different roles that you'd want to fill on the set. So like, you know, my previous uh, films, they were all kind of funded in different kind of ways, like kind of pigeon funding here, there, different kind of things. Um so it was great to just be able to go okay what's the standard like how does like because I think Screen Ireland try and get the focus shorts to be produced the way a feature would be produced so you get kind of sense of of that like you know so we had every possible department and every possible role kind of covered um and yeah you get to kind of work with like all these really amazing people and kind of got to chat to loads of different people about maybe taking on the different roles and then go with the people that had the most kind of connection with artistically and stuff so yeah it was just an amazing experience to be doing that that work under the Screen Ireland kind of banner and I know they were very supportive as well of Alfonso but like I didn't produce it so which is unusual for me I wasn't involved in producing <laughs> you get to just put on your creative director hat and really kind of yeah. dig into it but the performances are great I'll actually I'll actually kind of circle back to this because I actually want to ask about everyone's sort of way that they deal with actors but it was just it was just a beautiful, deft hand with regards um, to how it's portrayed, and and like even that like humor dappled through it. It was it was really it was really it was a beautifully written script. It was beautifully realized. Um, so it's lovely. It's lovely to see. It's lovely to see that support being given as well from Film Ireland to or just from Screen Ireland to those um, kind of just 
authentic and woman-led stories you know like it's 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 the real yeah, the craft side of it is really important as well like I don't know any other project you know that was kind of written and directed by two working class women like I can't yeah. you know from years of, of kind of going to festivals and seeing kind of stuff like and um, that was funded by Screen Ireland I guess that was kind of mainstream funded like yeah. so I think that's really important like because so much of working class culture is portrayed in film and largely written by middle-class men and middle-class male directors, middle-class male producers. There's an authenticity that is undeniable, like, and, and a strength as well that I think is it's just, it's lovely really to see that on screen. And I want to see so much more of it. So so hopefully this is like the next step to the feature. I always hear that about the focus shorts, like next up is like... Lynn's feature is shooting right now. So that's oh, really... Oh, cool. yes. Yeah. Ashling. I suppose, like, similar to um, Grace has had such a commitment to platforming authentic working class voices for so many years in the arts and long been an admirer of your work, Grace, as you know. Um, Likewise, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> but I, I, in similar sense, I've, I have a long-standing uh, collaborative relationship um, in my own community with an ensemble of actors with intellectual disabilities and um, it's been a, a big passion of mine for years to try and uh, carve out kind of collaborative art making methodologies that will support um, a group of very under and misrepresented people and um, to have you know to be authentically represented in theatre and in film particularly um, because I do believe that like culture shifts thinking and you know I think that it's you have to you have to see it to be it and 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 all of those you know those adages that are coming to the fore and in a meaningful way now in recent times so Miss Red was kind of born of a lot of that practice I my narrative short debut and um, I suppose I kind of came to filmmaking via my work with Run of the Mill and and uh, now I've just fallen in love because my background will be theatre but Headspace was um uh, my narrative short debut last year that I wrote for an ensemble of uh, learning disabled performers and um, Mark Smith, a long time collaborator of mine, um, a very talented performer with Down syndrome. I wrote, he consulted on the script, helped me to write it, played the lead role. But there was one particular role that was very challenging to cast in that film for a myriad of reasons I won't get into because I'm here to talk about a different film. But we went outside of our ensemble of Run of the Mill for that role. And we found this incredible acting talent, Daniel Ryan. I'd heard of Daniel and um, he had like a list of screen credits as long as your arm. And he was attending um, an inclusive theatre group, very similar to us at one of the mill called Blue Diamond in Dublin. And uh, it definitely was a role that required um, someone with screen experience. And it was a role that called for an actor with Down syndrome. So Dan stepped in and he was so incredible. Uh, Dan Slavsky. Um, as I as I called him, he's like such an such a mesmerizing performer. And um, I sort of said to him after that experience, I said, if I wrote something for you, Daniel, like I I want to write a vehicle for your talent, like something that could you know that you can be the lead in, because a lot of the actors that I collaborate with, um, in my practice at one of the mill, um, would would get access to casting opportunities to be somebody sipping a cup of tea on the periphery of someone else's life, as opposed to being you know the, the center being centered in the narrative so Dan said well yeah you write it and I'll be in it kind of thing and very shortly after we we finished post on Headspace the Ardon or T short film commission came out 
So it was actually a script, misread was a script that I wrote directly responsive. You know the way sometimes you have a script in a drawer, whereas this was really, I'm going to challenge myself now to write something for Daniel for this particular scheme. And um, so that was kind of how uh, misread came about. I wrote it for the commission and um, it was, um, it was uh, a similar process to focus in the same sense as there was, you know, interviews and we pitched, we were shortlisted and we pitched to a panel and um, it was myself and um, Arcade Film, who I've collaborated with on all of my film work there, uh, Dan Keane and Killian Walters, amazing creative producers, cinematographers, um, editors, you name it. Um, and the scheme called for producer, writer, director trios. And um, so I saw that as an opportunity as opposed to a, you know, I certainly wanted it. I am interested in directing my own work, but I was like thinking who is some filmmaker I really look up to, who I think I could learn a lot from. So that's how the co-direct with Sinead O'Loughlin came about. She'd also be kind of part of the wider arcade film family. So that was that was how the film came to be. And I suppose story-wise, it's a narrative about uh, Daniel is attending further education college. His brother um, hasn't been in his life very much because he's recently released from prison. His brother actually has, you know, undiagnosed learning difficulties of his own, um, dyslexia, and has struggled with reading all his life, but is very um, kind of, uh, it has shaped his personality in so many ways and a lot of the life choices he's made. And on this daily commute to the Further Education College, they realize that they've completely misread one another, really. Mm. And um, the, the non-disabled brother, Gary, who's played Craig Connolly, um, is actually quite astounded to realize that his his brother with Down syndrome can read. And they sort of have this, uh, they develop this connection via that um, that discovery. And it's beautiful. It's I think you capture the humanity in them both, the 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 sort of that tense relationship and it's explored so beautifully with the subtext as well. And I think that's the like that again, that kind of subtlety throughout it is 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 really kind of heartwarming and, and how nothing in so many spaces are is explicitly said. Did was this workshopped with or or Dan or um so I I wrote the script um uh, what I all I would always particularly if I would be writing uh, scripts whether in theater and film where I'm going to work with um you know where I'm writing it for a particular actor and particularly um an actor with an intellectual disability I would be very it's why it's important for me that I direct that work as well as that I would take a very flexible approach to the script in terms of allowing the actor space to say it in their way and do it in their way and you know take their own approach so um we didn't workshop it as such but i did i had the script written prior to the commission ardan worked in some mentorship for all of us for the directors producers the writers so i had the opportunity to do some sessions with marco halloran which was Ooh, really yeah. incredible and the small yeah. steers that mark gave me kind of blew the whole thing wide open but we it was quite funny because we were on a zoom with daniel yesterday actually uh talking about it and the interviewer asked dan you know, did you have to audition for the role? And he was kind of like, no, darling, this was written for me, you know. So we, what we did is we didn't, um, we didn't workshop it, but we did chemistry test for the, for the other actors. So yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan came into Ardon or in Arcade rather, Arcade Towers as we call it, for the day. And, you know, a string of some of Ireland's finest acting talent 
and a revolving door came in and it was sort of a like you know Daniel like who will I <laughs> who will I award this this honor to um, but no you know jokes aside we definitely wanted to give consideration to who'd have uh, the right chemistry with Daniel who Daniel clicked with I'd be very passionate about relaxed inclusive sets like rewriting the rule book on how we make films to be more inclusive what's good for the few is good for the many so for us that was everything it had to be an actor who you know could really work well with Daniel and they could work well together and you know help each other in the process that captures that's captured so well like they have such a glorious warm chemistry and and that kind of hesitancy and and then like that reluctance kind of like cracking open and it's beautiful like it's it's a really really beautiful thing so that actually answers the question that I was going to ask um, Grace and Shannon later so be prepared for that because I did, did want to talk about how you kind of elicit those um, relationships to um, your actors but but first I actually wanted to say to kind of go right back and see how you did the creative collaborations because I, I also feel like they're very interesting how does it work to be a co-director on this um, and kind of and, and, and kind of be in that space with Sinead it was incredible like it was probably the best thing about it like Sinead is just a mighty and I sort of had the response sort of being like why haven't I been why haven't I been doing this you know like we were laughing in the process of like you know not to stereotype but we were wondering if male co-directorships are quite the same you know we were like passing each other an antihistamine from our pockets so that we wouldn't have to come off the monitor or fetching each other a breakfast roll or, you know, like, so that, you know, it was the ultimate tag team. And there was so much care in our collaboration that um, it's certainly something I would do again. I like the co-direct was something that we arrived at because the scheme called for it, but it was such an example of it with this really massively mutually enriching opportunity. Sinead felt that even if I'd asked her as a screenwriter, will you direct this for me? As she put it, she knows that I have a bit of an experience and expertise in terms of working with, uh, you know, talent where there might be access requirements and disabled performers. And so she was sort of saying, why would I ignore that expertise um, when it can be an asset to the process? It was just a real real partnership. Um, And it, it almost felt like two heads were better than one. It, it's so fantastic to have that second opinion, that validation of your thoughts and choices. And, you know, we were very lucky in that sense. We just put a, I think we put the groundwork in. I think if you are going to do a co-direct and time is so of the essence when it comes to a shoot, like to have that, to have really done that preparatory work, work in the film, that sitting down, that talking about style and tone and what we want from it and, really considering every choice it forced us to do that in advance which I think is a good thing to do anyway oh that's brilliant and I'm actually I'm go to you Shannon um so you have written this you're producing it and sort of financing it as well so and and it's also in your neck of the woods so you're bringing you're bringing your director to you to um work at it tell me a little bit about how that how that forms and, and how you guys kind of create um the the film together yeah, like I can't speak to obviously the eliciting the performance from the actors, like because that's all down to Shane. Um, but I guess like kind of going back to like what Ashley's saying there about like, having a collaborative set and like a nice environment, like that, like no truer, no truer, or no more necessary than being on an island, like out out off the coast of Donegal. And 
like to be honest like because we were on such a tight budget and everything like in terms of the the who in terms of the crew getting that together like it was we were really like really delighted that we got such talented crew to come out to the island and I think a big draw for a lot of them who had been working on like big budget stuff on the mainland were like oh I get to go off to this this little island for a couple of days and like it's actually like they were kind of drawn into the story of the place as well which was really lovely um, and like everybody was paid as well we made sure that bar myself and Shane we didn't take payment but like the rest of the crew like we paid them for the work albeit um, not enough that they deserve like and how much more they should be deserving of um, but in like this short like I think that it really comes down to kind of like a community effort like is the kind of two words for it and that like it, like encapsulating crew encapsulating the actual community of Tory Island like <laughs> I was writing up a list earlier this morning before the zoom call because I was like oh god like I better remember like all the people like she's like I need to like you know like you can't be naming them all off to say thank you but just all the things to even to kind of tip the hat to and like I couldn't like I could never sit here and tell you how many favors were done like whether it was you know the one lad I went to school with who drove a suitcase up from slide go to Donegal Town so we could use a briefcase from a secondhand charity shop so that we could use it in the film that you throw was... into the sea <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> uh, exactly and then we retrieved it though retrieved it just to <laughs> oh, who had to go in and get it oh my god um no no harm to the environment <laughs> And even like reaching out to like local Donegal community groups to like ask for, you know, any locals who have um, a rabbit who would be, you know, if they're comfortable in their own space. Like, so we got a lady who let, let us out basically her entire shed to film in and um, her rabbits and her daughter on hand to make sure the rabbit was comfortable. Um, and then like from having, you know, like the local musicians getting up on a Sunday morning, like getting involved um, as extras, like, and that's no easy thing. I have to say Sunday morning on Tory Island is usually a very quiet time. <laughs> so, but all these, all these like accumulation of favors, I think that it kind of speaks to the spirit of hospitality. And that was a big comment back from the crew as well. And a, a big hat off to the crew for embracing that and really kind of like just diving in and understanding the environment and loving it and thriving in it. And, and I'm I'm hearing so many stories about people in Donegal just like going, here's the keys to my house, you know, like, like they seem to be really open to people filming there. 100% like, and it's, it's like, you know, it's not like, I, cause I, we can take it for granted, like after we get to go on a couple of short sets or on a couple of sets and, but like when they see like the big lights, you know, coming in and not, like, I'm not saying everyone Donegal is like this, but for like a lot of rural places in Ireland 100% like they're not seeing the level of productions that you know Dublin or Wicklow or the likes are seeing and like it's opening up these kind of doors to I suppose rural communities and like things like the rap fund that are there that encouragement to go out and go local like and like yeah that that's great like I'm glad to hear you that the hospitality Donegal is known as it always is like <laughs> but it's just like collaborative effort as filmmaking is as making a short is like it's a group effort but definitely in this for this it was yeah it was like mad levels of collaboration <laughs> And and as a writer working with your director, do you guys have long chats? Is it is it a case of you kind of have the script and then take off your writer hat and become the producer and say, all right, now how do we facilitate um your aesthetic vision of this? Like, what does that conversation look like for you? Yeah, like it, it, will, it would change from project to project. Like there's things I'm involved in at the minute where it's like very much like director involved from the get-go or there's things where it's like I hand over the script and then hands are off collaborative. Like I I kind of bend and flow with what's right for the project, to be honest. And I'm like very open to that. But I guess in this case with Shane, like um, he 
like his enthusiasm as a director where he like came out to the island to do that recce like within two weeks of like our first discussion about it to like to really get to know the place to get to know the people to to, you know to really like block it out and see the space so like that like that vision was absolutely like, that dedication and uh, from him as a director was absolutely necessary but yeah like I guess that yeah like I was like sending him photos like and and doing the recce with him and collaborating with him because I knew the space and I'd lived there for so long and saying look there's this woman I think we should knock on her door for this role like and whatnot and just like because in because of the shape that this one took because it was my kind of uh, local place so I've been living in that I know well like yeah it was much more collaborative and um, this time around yeah that's that yeah that that that's so lovely I, I kind of think that's that is what it is all about isn't it it's like ugh, everyone kind of working together to get like these mad ideas that we have in our mind into reality and into something that you can like really tangible see like when you think about it it's just a strange concept and you get everybody on board to chip in but it's it's kind of beautiful and that's the thing that changes um as Ashling was saying like changes hearts and minds as well in 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 a way and and probably as well like it gives people this glorious um insight into what that region is like and those characters so it's it's wonderful it's it's so lovely to watch and so I'm I'm gonna go Grace. So tell me a little bit about um getting on board with the focus short, working with Lynn. Uh, how do you realize that that vision? Do you guys talk about characters? Do you just take it and run with it? What's how does that work for you? How did we go about it? I suppose I don't know. Like it's hard because I, me and Lynn, you know, we talk every day anyway. So it was kind of like, you know, I knew like straight away when I read it. I just knew to us with it, like you know, and um, but. There was stuff that I, as we got into kind of art department and production design and, and kind of stuff like that, there was things that I wanted to be like, you know, do you think Rachel would have rose hangers in her closet? Like, and Lynn would be like, yeah. Or she'd be like, yeah, of course she does. You know what I mean? So it was stuff like that that like, no, she doesn't. It was the answer to that question. But um, I suppose it was like, because we're trying to kind of, it's really true to art stuff. Maybe that's because I've always done all of that myself before, like costume, production design, everything I would have done, all of that. Um, so it's the first time you're kind of collaborating with people about the visual representation of, and it's a lot of it's to do with class as well. So the kind of, um, you know, figuring out those tricky kind of negotiations, people who aren't of the world, who are doing their best to really honour it and show it really well. But sometimes, you know, like, stuff about like where what brands like where the where the James character with what what he would be wearing like that so, suddenly became a really big socioeconomic discussion do you know what I mean like and and there had to be kind of mutual kind of education around it and stuff and so like that there would be moments like that where I'd go back to Lynn and be like I think am I I think this that you'd be like yeah of course you know what I mean or you know so um because that that kind of stuff was kind of tricky. Then there was stuff, she did some rewrites with Screen Ireland and um, obviously the same thing would come up again. Like, you know, so we kind of supported each other around that as well. Like she'd kind of, we'd kind of sit down on a Zoom one day and she was like, well, what do you think of this? And I was like, well, of course it's okay because we know this world, do you know what I mean? And we know what would happen in it. Um, whereas that might not be so apparent to somebody who who hasn't kind of lived it, you know? Um, so all of that stuff like for me the most juicy stuff in in the production of it was all around kind of class like you know um, and it's obviously it's such a big part of Lynn's work as an activist as well like and my own so it was like we're kind of tuned into that anyway you know 
And there's some there's the you beautiful production designs like that plastered over a hole in the wall, the kicked in door thing where you really just got that sense like this is the aftermath and there's so much empathy there. But it's like, the, the you know, like she's at the end of her tether. Like you actually, but he's not demonized. And I thought like, and all that was done without, without saying it. And I thought, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, Claire Connor worked in the locations as well. Like that was, that was a huge part of my kind of visual vision for it was that it, it would just make it, make it as real as possible and let that do the work. Like, you know, so and um, you know Angela even was working in London sort of production designer and then when she got to the set she just was like we don't need to do any of the things we talked about <laughs> like really like you know and um, like we kind of wanted to paint the walls at one point and we had different kind of ideas like the script actually had very specific uh, colours in it for all of the scenes which was kind of really cool but then when we got there we were like actually you know and that again that would be where where me and Lynn would be tic-tacking because I as a writer like you know I'm always gonna I'm never gonna just go right if it says yellow walls and you know we haven't discussed that they have to be yellow do you know what I mean so there would be kind of a good bit of back and forth then around around kind of that and stuff like because I was very I suppose as a screenwriter myself like I was like she wouldn't have written that for no reason do you know that kind of way which was kind of tricky then I think the wider kind of team were a bit like you're the director do what you want and I was like no no I have to go and call Lynn and discuss this with her um, but that comes down to representation as well like you know what I mean and how delicate and important all of that is like you know so yeah like the like the it was amazing that we had people in Bluebell who were willing to kind of give us their houses you know to to work in and that stands to the relationships that Claire and Lynn have in that community like um but it was like you know you, you you'll take whatever story you take from that you know what I mean and like that not, might not necessarily be anything about James you know because we all live in houses that other people have lived in and you know it's it's not it's not always you know about that particular story like you know and um, we had our own kind of backstory for James you know that we talked about on set or whatever like but you'll take whatever you take from it like do you know what I mean like um <clears throat> I just thought Jordan and Daffod were unbelievable as a couple yeah and as well like they had met each other in Frank Berry's I used to live here which is actually the film that starts them both in acting so that was unbelievable for them to reunite on this. Yeah. And then the two kids, Kyla and Harper, obviously this was their first film. And Jordan and Daffod were able to like really relate to them and go like, you know, they're the same age, like 12, like for Kyla, like they were go like, this is mad, you're in a film, like this is what you need to do and everything. So that was all just really beautiful to watch all of that kind of play out. Like such chemistry, such mm charisma like you just and people are like oh don't work with kids but like really uh that relationship and the banter and the the kind of back and forth I just think it was just so heartwarming and just sold it like it isn't it isn't this like like maudlin sad thing there's there's so much joy and beauty and life in the characters and and promise and it's it's going like you know like the cheekiness the pure cheekiness that that that's what I love about Lynn's writing so much is like it just pours out of her like like that's just real you know that's Mm -hmm. just 
like as we were shooting you know like there was women waiting to get into the post office like do you know what I mean and they were literally doing the same thing like, like and I think that kind of like modeling thing that com comes from people of different backgrounds telling these stories that they don't have a right to really do you know what I mean so like that's kind of where that comes from but my experience of living in the world as a working class woman has never been modeling it's been tragic and sad and like you couldn't write this you couldn't make it up if I if I put it into a film nobody would believe me do you know what I mean but it's always been full of vibrancy and life and work you know like that's the the big thing is the value is of of hard work like and that's what's so disturbing about loads of these schemes and loads of these government policies the neoliberal policies they removed the right to work from working class people actually with their policies shutting down factories shutting down docks you know go back as long as you want or whatever and then they put people in these waiting traps in all these schemes and then they complain about how they behave like when things don't when they're being basically killed like for structural violence or whatever so oh, like that's the kind of like there's nothing surprising to me that's funny like you know what I mean or that people are having a good having good crack like there's nothing yeah. about that when I read the script that I thought oh this is a really original thing that Lynn has done I thought more so like just real life like I just want to go back into how these after you've shot how to structure them in the edit like do you find that there's nuances that you didn't notice or I'll stick with you Grace if that's okay do you do you kind of reevaluate do you go stick to exactly the script or do you kind of find a new path once you have your footage this was such a clean script like it was so good like it was <laughs> just like easy refreshing you know like the there was very little extra creative work for me to do um, well, I'd be used to kind of working as an author and kind of you know everything was kind of me working on it like you know so this was this was incredible to just be able to be of service to Lynn you know and to be of service to the team and you know to to my sort of vision for Rachel's kind of um world really came alive on set like you know what I mean which is kind of how I've always worked with actors like um but in the edit yeah like I like I guess because um before like when I've been in the edit like it's just me and like all the people I've hired like do you know that kind of way and there's I've had like one sort of relationship before like with Screen Ireland like where we were read they were commissioner of my last film a Mary Magdalene experience so they had some sort of say um but with Screen Ireland they have quite a big input um and they will look at different passes and they'll give very detailed notes. Wow. So it, it was, you know, I know Elaine had been through that process with them before with the script, before they signed off on the script. And they do kind of approve the script, you know, like yeah. it's not, it, it becomes less of a creative pursuit when you're working with Screen Ireland in a way, because they are funding it. And obviously they're with the focus shorts, it's a training ground really for a feature. So they're bringing in the kind of business end of, of making films, the kind of commercial kind of side of it and going, they're going like, is this clear? You know, like, does, will the audience be in any way? Can, like, you know, like when I'm making my own work, it's like I want people to sit forward in the chair and be a bit confused. <laughs> like that is actually what I want. I think that's much more interesting. You don't want to put a bow on it like. You say again? You don't want to make it yeah. too you don't yeah. want to speak to them yeah but I think with with Screen Ireland they're leaning more towards 
you know, that an audience will really receive this as a well-made piece of film, which I think is an amazing thing. And I learned a lot from that process as well. And Claire, Claire who produced it, also edited it, God love her. But she's an amazing editor. So it was really great to have her because she'd be on set and everything and she understood everything. Um, but yeah, like there was there was times when it was like all of us feeding into the three Alfonso people, you know, the three uh, women who run the company. Then like the Screen Ireland producer, myself, um, you know, and then Claire with her editor hat on as well. Like, do you know what I mean? So there was kind of, there was some like two second moments that were like a long, long discussion. Like, you know. Wow. That's a lot of voices in a room though for you to as a creative yeah how do you how do you prioritize that or or kind of I mean like how do you kind of go uh, like you because sometimes I think when you get too much input like I personally like me I get mm. I get like what <laughs> like, yeah you know when you're kind of getting it from all angles from different points for of me, view it's like I'm used to that like Ashling and I'll tell you like you get yeah. that a lot in theater like you know because it's such a collaborative art form and it kind of has to be so you're kind of as a director you're used to hearing like 10 different opinions you know and the artistic director is a writer you know whoever else funders reviewers sometimes like so you're used to kind of getting that and filtering it and I'm always very clear on my vision and what I think and like my taste actually and my kind of like thing but what was great about this was that like I wasn't producing it you know so it wasn't my company I wasn't the producer so I just was able to say at a certain point I was able to go this is my recommendation and you will have to do what you will with it do you know what I mean and that left for you know we can't always all agree do you know what I mean so like I think that was you know I had to just really trust Alfonso that they were listening to this Green Ireland feedback listening to my feedback and they were kind of going right well ultimately this is our film do you know what I mean this is an Alfonso film and we have to be comfortable with it and we have to stand over it and I think they made all the right decisions for them and they're in in you know their kind of way of working so it was great for me to be like you know not the general of the situation yeah. like you know like the lieutenant or whatever like or whatever is, if the army metaphor holds like I was somewhere like Screen Ireland at the top you know then there's Alfonso and then there's me like do you know what I mean so it was nice for me to go I actually don't have to argue this point you know all I have to do is go and let go and surrender 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 to to the highest possible good of the whole piece you know and um, because in my own work like people who work with me will know like I'm like no <laughs> you know, I'm like this is mine I have to, it has to be you know it has to be mine whereas with this it was a group it was a group of beautiful women like you know sharing things and having estrogen and like loving each yes. other and hugging each other and all that kind of stuff so you're able to kind of go look over to you like I trust you this is what I think and like you know when they make certain decisions it's like really good parents you know like where if you're grounded and you're like I'm raging I'm grounded then you're like oh no but then I studied so they're great you know yeah oh that's brilliant like I mean it's again it's the importance of fostering healthy um collaboration do you know like like that kind of that kind of real input you know there's three women at the helm of the company like it's amazing and so nice to deal with um sorry Ashling. (laughs) so tell me a little bit and uh, no, just really enjoying this. And I really yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, it's fascinating to see that structure about the edit and about, you know, did anything shift or change? And again, is, is Ardon, do they um kind of come in and give feedback at this point as well? Yeah, similar, similar experience in terms of like, it was my first 
time having yeah getting a commission like that which essentially focused shorts is as well because my last short headspace was funded via the arts council uh, through i know they don't traditionally fund film but through kind of um sort of an annual funding pot that run of the mill gets um for projects so um kind of arts participation projects so it was my first time having that kind of thing that grace talks about where you'll send something back and it'll it'll there'll be a pass of notes and things like that. And I probably not, um, it's a smaller funding pot. Uh, it's Ardon or T. So there are two sets of notes coming away, but a very, very generous and helpful and, you know, all of that kind of thing. In fact, you know, I suppose there is that thing. I, I still like, I feel like I'm learning so much about film and, and I was, you know, a big thing for me has been realising I feel like theatre, certainly collaborative and contemporary theatre that Grace and I were both have a background in, it's a very democratised kind of uh, making experience in many ways. So sometimes I'd say, you know, make a suggestion. My first thought would always be to, what do you think? I'm always I'm always pulling the person beside me being like, do you agree or what's your opinion? And then I'm so used to that, that like a joke that arcade films sometimes say, they would say, well, don't ask us, you're the director, you know, that there's this, there's this tendency in film to be like the director is like the top of the the thing. And when you come from a theatre background where the playwright is, mm. is absolutely king, that is so unusual to me. Like I, I couldn't believe that it, one of the, you know, the films are like, it, it could be called like a film by Ashling Byrne. I'd be like, what, what do you mean? It's not a, like, <laughs> you know, if, if I didn't write that, it could still be called that. And, it, you know, like it's, it's very interesting unlearning um, or certainly I don't, you know, trying to like uh, navigate the traditional structures and hierarchical structures of filmmaking has been interesting. So it was, it was nice to hear Grace talk about that relationship with um, that naturally collaborative relationship with the screenwriter and, you know, how, how, how you work in that way. But I suppose another big learning curve has been when you write and direct your own work, the compromises that that might have to be made in terms of what you imagined and then what comes to fruition, having to kind of have your writer's hat on and your director's hat on. And um, certainly you'd be editing and we would often, be, we're lucky that our cinematographer, Dan Keane on Miss Red was also the editor. So in some ways he's kind of editing in his head as he goes, because the biggest thing, the notes from the funders are going to be back on our, as Grace says, is the story clear? Like, you know, are an audience going to, be able to understand what's going on. I similarly don't love to to infantilize or spoon feed an audience with work, and I like people to have questions and maybe not always get the easy answers. But the first note, the notes are usually quite helpful in terms of having that outside eye tell you in some way as a narrative piece of work. Does it make sense? I suppose, and is that clear? And um, and so yeah, the notes were very very helpful. The, the, but I have to say in the experience with Ardan and RTE, it was very much a, these things must be left to the filmmakers. I think that was a direct quote from one of the things. It was like, I would encourage them to think to do this, but at the end of the day, it's your film, which is, it's nice because it's holding your hand and helping and and giving you the little bit of tough love you need, but also um, at the end of the day, having that kind of respect that it, it is your piece of work. We actually made, and this kind of leads to, a question I'd love to ask the others if time affords. We did a really drastic um, cut. I won't 
say what it was and because it would spoil it for any podcast listeners it would spoil but the film had a different ending and it actually had another scene Mm. that and that is is, was an addendum which made it quite clear I felt to the audience Um, and Sinead and I certainly felt because you know we had been we talked about potentially making the cut to the script with the arcade lads and Sinead and I kind of stood firm and said no we think the ending is good and it sort of lets the audience know what the fate of one of the yeah. um main characters is and it, and it is it's a very oh no it's lovely and you you know immediately like what yeah, what it did, infers yeah what yeah. it infers but yeah. we have that kind of wrapped up with a little bit more of a bow in it mm. and you know it felt when we went then and watched it in the you know in the final cut and it went through about four drafts like you know before we decided to make that cut and some more notes and when we got a bit of feedback saying that it was sort of times unclear the ending was slightly unclear or it was muddying the waters shall we say and it was trying to make it clearer what the fate of the original character was but it was kind of maybe not doing it as clearly as we would have liked we realized it felt a bit addendumy that the film could actually end sooner um so I, I feel really really happy with the decision that was made but a question I always love to ask others is um and the other cut that we had to make pre-production was to an S Club 7 song that was meant to originate that was in my script. Unfortunately, Reach for the Stars was out of the reach of our budget. Oh, um, but- is that what it was going to be? Oh. It was meant to be Reach for the Stars, the oh. song of the Stars. Oh, um, like instead of the one that's there. Yeah. Instead of the one that's there. But yeah. The Damn song- licensing oh. and copyright. Oh. I know. So I always love to ask other filmmakers like. I would have oh. recorded a cover for you. We we went we went down that we went down that road, but like nineties pop is watertight. Yeah, you can't even cover it, can you? Not? So um, it was an it was very, and also they they won't let you break any rules. There was a lot of that. Yeah, we had to be really careful. So and and I have a habit of writing licensed music into my films. Like I think Arcade is going to stage an intervention soon if I don't stop. Like because I wrote a Joe Dolan song into. Uh, <laughs> into Headspace that we managed to get the rights for. Uh, but I actually subsequently watched uh, Kate Dolan's brilliant film, You Are Not My Mother. And I was like, this is a this is a thing. Yeah. It would be exact I hadn't seen the film and she had written that song in as well. So I was like, we should start a very specific support group for people trying to get the rights to to the to Joe. You don't actually have like a Joe. Because it's very hard. And it, it very hard. Yeah, we had a similar thing like that. Lynn had written a, a very well-known song for the end of, uh, which is a really important moment in the film. Rachel is with the kids at the end. Like, and we were trying to, there was a whole big story about it. One of the Alfonso people knew someone who knew the writer of the song and all. And there was loads of chats with Screen Ireland about it and everything. And then in the end, we just couldn't get it. So we had to go with a song that was before 1910, I think was the, Emma came back to us and was like, something before 1910. The whole it's a whole thing, and I know Focus yeah. Shorts have done a big thing ar- around it. Like it's um, it's a uh, as in kind of forewarning people when they apply. Be careful, you're not. You know, I also wrote a Goosebumps book into that we did. So our production designer did an amazing uh kind of knockoff of a sort of a point horror Goosebumps type book. But what I was wondering was. Was there any major shift or change that you had to make to your films? Was it was there a darling you had to kill in terms of the difference between what your vision might have been for the film originally, whether as the writer or 
the director receiving the script that just wasn't feasible in the end or you just it, you just couldn't make it happen yeah like a good view on this one yeah like because it was all just down to like everyone having an input and stuff do you know what I mean and then different things that would have been more to my taste but weren't kind of wasn't felt that they were communicating the story well enough and and different things like that so there was actually a huge shift um from like day one of my first assembly of what I was into to like the final kind of piece that we got mixed or whatever like um and graded or whatever so yeah big difference then there was stuff that was kind of kind of very interesting like the order of the scenes we I, I kind of decided I was like oh what if this happens at this time and this happens at this time and kind of moving them around like that because it's film you guys you can make it look well you can make it look like night if it's day <laughs> you can't make it look like day if it's night <laughs> but you can go the other way so that was kind of interesting I was like what would happen if we did this here and yeah there was really good stuff like that I think I'm used to having my darlings and other projects and other scripts just because this particular short was very independently produced that we had quite some like liberation and that like any changes that came about were actually just kind of collaboratively making it sharper like when you're talking there about the the alternative like endings for your film Ashley about like the kind of wrap up and the bow option it's kind of reminded me of like when keep bits of like advice I think it was like Russell T Davies or somebody had said it like oh usually the last line in the scene you don't need like you can you can cut that last line usually and it kind of just reminds me exactly what you're saying with the kind of tied up in the bow end because you can leave the audience saying what the tied up in the bow end is as opposed to saying it back to them and I guess that like I was kind of thinking of like some of the chops and changes in the script that came around or in the story to what it is now we're actually just collaboratively like oh we can cut this we don't need this and things like that but usually I have to kill my darlings <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you just but in but in the best way because obviously it's keeping it like lean and stuff I mean and um, then at the same time like I do fight true to something like that I truly believe in for the story and all that as well but yeah for this it was uh, thankfully just the the upside of the independent side was that it was quite um yeah nothing and you were your own funder you were you were the person making the fiscal call so at the end of the day yeah. you were the producer so you got to go on the top of the food chain for cuts I guess like while respecting other people's artistic vision yeah but like I mean that's a, sorry to but at the same time your 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 main currency is like just people's goodwill right yeah a hundred percent like and like person it was just kind of because it was personal financial hits on this one like for myself and Shane like we in the end I was the first AD as well and I I've never first AD'd before and I have to say I have such respect for that job oh my god like that is so like honestly hats off to first ADs I don't think they get enough rap but like how much of a seller seller amount of work they do but yeah like because it was kind of the match of goodwill exactly of the islanders and people out to help you and it's like right okay what can we how can we achieve this like and it's like oh sure as you say like as you said yourself Gemma like she's handed us the keys to her house signed we've just saved ourselves like this budget and that happened a lot like and with like even vehicles for the cruise equipment and all that like um yeah it was very much like it's interesting looking at like Martin McDonough's like Banshees of Inishirin like out down by your end Grace and all like because I think that in those kind of like rural island communities you need the support it doesn't like even when it goes to bigger budgets you need the support of those like especially a uh, rural like hard to get to areas because the locals are going to really just make like make your life easier and just make and become part of the process too 
that. And and I oh, it's I I could talk to you for so long, but I'm just so aware that we've, we could we've just kept going. Um. So look, uh, thank you guys so much. If you could um just let us know again um when when your film is is screening, just just so people can make sure to get their tickets. I'll start with you, Shannon. Yeah, perfect. So License for Nil, if you're in for a bit of a laugh at the FLA, is on at the Town Hall in Galway on Thursday the 13th of July at 12 noon. Amazing. And Grace? Uh, Waiting Day is on the 15th of July at 12 o'clock in the Town Hall Theatre. Brilliant. And Ashley? And Miss Red, uh, along with its new ending, uh, will be in the Town Hall Theatre at 10am on the Friday uh, as part of Irish Shorts 4. Um, co-directed by myself and Sinead O'Loughlin and a final shout out to Daniel our leading actor is nominated for a Bingham Ray award for emerging talent and um, so just to give him a shout out um, one of Ireland's most exciting acting talents at the moment um, he'll get loads of jobs off the back of it I hope that's it and, and all rising tides then you're <laughs> you'll get more screenings that'll be brilliant uh four eyes well thank you guys so much for chatting it was just so wonderful to see such a such a, an array of beautiful uh really well put together films and some 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 brilliant writing uh great performances what a joy and um, so everyone definitely get those tickets thank you so much mm-hmm.